You're listening to the Highbridge Podcast, celebrating the people, places, and history of the Highbridge area in Sedgemoor. Celebrating the history, people, and places in the Highbridge, Sedgemoor area of Somerset. This season is funded by SEED, which is a consortium of community organisations in Sedgemoor, comprising of Bridgewater Senior Citizens Forum, Bridgewater Town Council, Community Council for Somerset Homes in Sedgemoor, Somerset Film and Young Somerset, which is funded and supported by Arts Council England, Creative People in Places, Lottery Funding and the Arts Council. The main aim of the project is to focus on the people, places and activities in and around Highbridge. It's important to remember that history is not just about recording the past, but also recording what is happening now, as we create history for future generations. If you enjoy what you hear, do tell your friends and ask them to subscribe to hear future editions for free. So let's continue. According to Wikipedia, Highbridge was originally a market town on the edge of the Somerset Levels in the UK, near the mouth of the River Brew. And although it's no longer a market town, the market site is now a housing estate. Highbridge is in the district of Sedgemoor, and the town of Highbridge closely neighbours Burnham-on-Sea, forming part of the combined parish of Burnham-on-Sea and Highbridge, and shares a town council with the resort town. In the 2011 census, the population of the town was included in the ward of Highbridge and Burnham Marine, which totaled 7,555. For this edition, I went to get my hair cut, and I went along to Cookies to find out more about the generations of barbers in his family. So today I'm speaking to Mark Cook, or sometimes known as Cookie, uh, who's basically the barber that goes back in time and the family go back in time so tell me a little bit about how the shop all started well it's my great-grandfather george cook who set it up originally so uh he used to live in bridgewater funnily enough so he, he was i think it was 1883 if my maths is correct that he started it all off and he used to actually work walk from bridgewater to highbridge to cut people's hair then walk home again which is a, a hell of a jaunt in itself god knows how long it took him <laughs> and it, it wasn't the straight road it is now either do you know what i mean it was sort of cut through um he used to go through the back of west Huntsville, so it was a right old right old journey when you first started so was that was that this this shop it wasn't there? this shop unfortunately no it was uh, it was known as cornhill house which is where the roundabout the small roundabout by where FF and F used to be and the town clock is now. Mm-hmm. There used to be a row of cottages that used to go right the way back through up to the market there. And we had a, a three shops on the front, which, which would have been a barber's, a fruit shop and a flower shop, okay. which my grand run. And then my, later on, my, my granddad and his brother took over the barber's business, went into there. Then my dad went in. Then the, the I think the council compulsory purchased it because the lorries became 40 tonnes and couldn't get round the roundabout. So we were we were there for ninety nine years at the time, but they wouldn't let, allow us to have the hundredth year. Then they kicked us out, and then they left it there for four years before they knocked it down. <laughs> and then, uh, unfortunately, there was a, the guy who owned this died, and Dad bought this, and we moved over to here, which is where I've been for the last thirty three years. So there's four, four generations. That's a, that's fourth. that's a lot of time. That so you must have been handed down lots of 
stories of how things used to be. And Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's hundreds of stories, I think, going back of how things used to be compared to now. Obviously, we've gone to appointments now, which is a real shocker when it was just a sort of a walking culture, you know, back in the day when it started off. I, I don't even think my granddad started, or my great-granddad, I don't think he even started cutting hair. I think he was doing beards. I think nobody had a beards. So they started off just having beard trims originally <laughs> with the cutthroats because nobody could do it at home or as well. <laughs> and then it, it was a sort of, it sort of, it sort of evolved into sort of, oh, could you just take a bit off around the ear? And then I think that's how we actually, because I don't think he ever trained, do you know what I mean? A it was just one of those things that they sort of graduated and then it was taken a bit more off and then he got a little bit, <laughs> a little bit better and just progressed through there to becoming a barber. So he was never a barber to start with? That's right, he was shaving, yeah. you know what I mean? And then uh, I think it just graduated from shaving into sort of barbarism, as it were. So he <laughs> sort of went through and took, you know, haircuts and then got better at it. I don't know how he became so popular here, but obviously my, my obviously his son then moved here and lived in the shop opposite, which was my great, my granddad. So uh, Ray and Fred <laughs> didn't quite have the reputation, in all fairness. They were sort of, uh, they were pigeon fanciers. <laughs> So it would be nothing for somebody to sit there for half an hour where they were at the back. They had the two chairs as they would have been left and right of a wall. And then there was a window. And if they ever seen one of their pigeons come home, that's it, they were gone. The bloke was left in the chair on his own. <laughs> they were out the back trying to coy this pigeon down off the roof to get its ring in and clock it in because it was a racing pigeon. And that's what that was their thing. So it'd be nothing for a bloke to walk out with half a haircut and get fed up with waiting, just throw the gown on the floor and walk out. <laughs> I noticed occasionally we see pigeon lorries yeah. and they release them but it's something that's, that's died out it's yeah it doesn't seem to well it's another thing that's changed unfortunately isn't it? I that used to happen loads you know they used to sort of take pigeons from all over the country and then they would release them they used to have one up sort of what used to be Willets which is the back uh, across the road here where the market used to be and then they used to have thousands and then they would just let them go and then they would fly back and then time them to wherever home is and the first one back wins you know so was it just a natural progression that each generation of went into becoming a barber and took over the business or it's, yeah it seems to have been that way you know everybody on my dad's side has been a boy <laughs> do you know what i mean so it's, it's just and everybody who's been a boy's gone into the barbering so it just seemed to be a natural progression yeah i don't think i even ever thought about it really until i got to about 15 16 and dad sort of said well what do you want to do and i was like oh well be a barber i suppose isn't it it's, <laughs> it's the family trait so we, and we just went into it and then i just fell into it so did you get a chance to work with your father? Yes, yeah, I worked with Dad. Uh, I went off and trained as a ladies' hairdresser first um, for four years. And then uh, I came back to work here. It was a story that went with that, unfortunately. my dad, <laughs> The guy who used to work with my dad um, ended up robbing him, <laughs> as you do. So he worked with Dad for 36 years, I think. Unfortunately, Sticky he's a bit of a gambler. So unfortunately, the Sticky Fingers got the better of him. And he ended up robbing Dad, so in the end he sort of said, right, we'll have to go our separate ways, which we did. And uh, then that left room for me, so that was quite a, quite a good move from his part, because it got me in the, in yes. the thing. Otherwise, they could have been working together for years. So so do you remember working on the other side of the road? I wasn't, no. I, I can remember being there, but I didn't work there. Um, so that was sort of, I, I can remember helping Dad out. His uh, sidekick used to go on holiday, so I would go in. I would, everybody had their hair washed then. It was that sort of thing. It was just, that was not a question. Everybody had their hair washed. So when he was away, I would wash the hair for Dad. I'd ask them where they would like their parting because everybody had a parting. It was left, right or centre, end of. And uh, so I would gang them up, wash them, put their parting in, and then Dad would move on to the next customer. I would go over to the other chair then, wash the next person's hair, parting in, and they just kept <laughs> going through like that. So that worked out quite well. What have you seen in, in, as Highbridge as a town? What have you seen that you that you've thought interesting? Highbridge historically, years and years ago, was a fantastic place. 
it had sort of the railway works, but you're going back to 1940s, 50s, 60s. Um, it had the clay works at the time then. You know, it, it, we built everything around here then. We had the docks up the road here. Mm -hmm. So the, the railway line went straight across the road next to my shop, across the sort of some uh, crossing gates here. So that, that was a, a massive positive. Unfortunately, a lot of the businesses have gone downhill since then. So we're, we're struggling to sort of find too many positives nowadays. But uh, that was definitely most of the positives. Building railway stations. and But of course, we've lost the railway station now. That's just a platform. That used to be quite a busy thing. That used to run down to the docks as well, where the ships would come in and load off the, the uh, railway there. So, yeah, which is where the Gardens of Remembrance is now. There used to be some sort of big gates there where there was a coal yard and all the sort of stuff and they used to swing the gates out over onto the, the boats as they used to come in from the, sort of the Cloyce area. It, it's, uh, it's only talking to people who have been here for some time that you realise that that the area isn't how we see it now, no, so I mean, it's people a, it's refer to I mean, to be honest, most of the, there's, there's every business that was here when I was younger, there was everything from sort of, you know, there was three butchers, there was an electrical shop, there was a, a gentleman's outfitters, there was uh, chemists, three banks. What else did we have? Uh, obviously the butchers, the bakers. Do you know what I mean? And they were all family-run businesses, which is what they were back then, weren't they? Which is the same as Burnham. But obviously, unfortunately, everybody's come in and wiped out all the, the small small businesses which is how it goes unfortunately nowadays so but that those those collection of shops what what sort of decade are we talking what sort of, are we sort well, they were of there when i was 70s they were most of them were there that that was when they started dying out 70s i'd say when i was young um i was born 70 so it was probably 78 80 i can remember them all there still then but then they started sort of i don't think they had anybody to take them over so they were like mr rogers the tobacconist fantastic guy I used to sell single cigarettes <laughs> do you know what I mean all, all his chocolates would have been out in a in a you know you just walked into a sort of a, a half moon sort of shop and all it was just an array of everything but all the sweets and all the jars all around the top and things like that which was just fantastic but it's just like you don't get anything like that now do you mm. it's just then you had all the, the three butchers that were here then they were fantastic with the chemists and every, everybody was just local whereas nowadays unfortunately you walk around now and you don't really know anybody do is late 70s most of it was gone and it was all sort of 40s 50s and 60s when it was really thriving even had steamers that used to go over to wells and bring people into burnham and then they would come out on day trips around to sort of uh highbridge and surrounding areas but you know i've got postcards from my my father when he was um customers used to write to him and say you must come and see you soon they lived in bridgewater but it was such a long way to go <laughs> they, they never came it was a holiday if they came down from bridgewater whereas it's 20 minutes up the road now yeah bosh you wouldn't even think about going there would you so it shows how things have changed unfortunately <laughs> what do you think that all the positives now even now i suppose that there's a few sort of local businesses opening up again now isn't there? there's a sofa sofa that's sort of turned up that's quite a nice sort of edge and you've got uh a few of the shops down in the high street they're trying to make a go of it now they've got the new obviously they've built a lot of houses so it's got to be good for the sort of work side of things and i suppose the factories are thriving down on the industrial estate and i think they're building another two industrial estates quite quite close so i suppose that the town is sort of evening on a sort of a little bit of a keel now but it's just creating jobs and it? it's so hard nowadays what sort of nightlife did they, did they used to go on yeah it wasn't quite as prolific as it is nowadays but they sort of had their i think there was uh, 17 pubs here in its heyday, do you know what I mean? From where my shop is now, there was four just up that road, or five just up the road opposite. This was the, my my very young days as well, to be honest. It was nearly out of my era, but it was all the dock workers and all the carriage workers and all the railway workers. They were all sort of based locally, so they all drank locally. Um, there used to be a social club dead opposite my shop here, 
uh, which was stroke cinema, stroke club, <laughs> stroke pub, and that had big sort of marble steps going up to it. I remember that was I was never allowed in there because I was obviously too young, and I always remember just trying to peer through the door to sort of get in and get a glimpse. But you always got a smack round the air and say, "Oh, you're off it." <laughs> so I mean, the George was a fantastic place back in the day as well. That was a really good pub. The Highbridge Hotel, that was a really good pub uh, back in its day. Uh, obviously, the Coopers has always been there and of course there's the sort of there used to be a huge town hall where they used to do a lot of sort of discos dances tea dances and all that sort of stuff used to go on there i think we used to have a jail even <laughs> below that on the town hall back in the day yeah. historically underneath there so it's uh yeah i think um pub wise you weren't short for a drink <laughs> what what were the markets like in the when when we had markets in highbridge how how big were they? Oh, the Highbridge market here was the cow market was huge. That was it was probably one of the biggest. I think I don't think anywhere else Western didn't have one, and I don't think Bridgewater had one to later years. So the guy Morris Wall who set that up, um, it was absolutely massive. You know, you'd get the Highbridge was gridlocked because all the all the wagons would be queuing to get into the market, and they used to have to go in off the entrance of Close Road. So you could only fit two lorries down Close Road <laughs> before they got to the market. So then they'd have to queue on the road. Mm -hmm. So that just created a gridlock back either way. But that was just a done thing then. Nobody really got upset. It was just you sat in the queue and you had to wait your time and that was the end of it. Not that a farmer would have taken any notice of you if you did shout at him. He, he's a big burly chap that a guy was twice the size of anybody else. So nobody would have <laughs> even said anything to them, to be honest. So it was, uh, yeah, that was, those are good times. What's your, what's your sort of take on living in a what I would class industrial, rural, seaside area. Yeah, I, I, I've always found it a fantastic place to do. You know, nothing's going to jump in your lap nowadays, is it? And I think when we were younger, local nightlife, we, we sort of, oh, we were always in Western, or we went to Bridgewater. Um, we did go away to sort of Torquay, Newquay, Plymouth, Weymouth, but it was it was the, the sort of the local life was, was fantastic back then. Do you know what I mean? There was a real sort of good social atmosphere all the pubs in Burnham we used to go around never used to get any grief never used to cause much trouble either thinking about that so it was uh, we were quite a, quite a good good crowd I thought personally so the plans for the future yeah definitely staying here there's uh hopefully well I'm trying to entice my son into the uh the equation he's my youngest is a bit he's not sure what he wants to do completely so I'm hoping to bring him into the fold because I, I would like a fifth generation to go in there I don't want it to to stop now mm. so it'd be nice to sort of get someone in uh and help me through there, but uh, he's, he's crossed between mechanics and uh, barbering at the moment. So I think he's just—he really does like cars, but I think he's got a little bit confused, thinking he would like to do a mechanics course <laughs> to get into sort of uh, so he can play with his own car, and then come into barbering later on, where he should be doing it the other way around. So I'm I'm working on that one, <laughs> slowly but surely. I've got to ask about the traffic because obviously we've now got the main A road just literally goes through the town as it yeah. always has. Yes. But now it's very busy. Yeah, yeah. How much has that changed oh, the town? Tenfold. I mean, I think even when I was younger, there was there was barely any traffic you could ever hear going past here. You know, even before my time when the line gates were here, obviously as a train come through, it was, it was the S and D here. So. Um, the, the, the gates would have gone past and the, I, I remember talking to my dad and he said you'd be lucky if you got three or four cars in total either side <laughs> and they might be there for 20 minutes <laughs> with the gate shut if you don't shut there for 20 minutes now there'd be a queue about 10 miles long mm. so yeah the traffic has, has really increased obviously as it does nowadays but uh, back in the day there yeah there was there was hardly any cars about at all 
Now, I remember as a, as a child, again, 70s period, yeah. Yeah. you would drive up and down there and there'd be some cars, yeah, absolutely, even in the middle yeah. of summer. Yeah. And now it's like... It's, it's, just, it's, it's, it's packed. It? Yeah, yeah it, has, it has gone sort of tenfold now, and which I suppose, you know, when you think of every every household now, they've got two or three kids, they all drive, they've all got to have their own car. Nobody's going to share a car now, are they, unfortunately? Which which they should do, but they don't. Pat, as a final thing, what, what would you want to add to Highbridge? If I was going to add something personally, I want to do something I was remembered for. So I always thought of the area down by uh, behind um, Buncombe's Garage there. It's going to build houses now, so that's ruined that. But, uh, you know, sort of like a, a small stadium for the, the kids, somewhere that the, the boxing clubs could go, the, you know, they could play cricket and football there, you know, leave them some money if I had had enough ever. Um, so it would be self-contained, never to be sold, mm-hmm. and you could leave them somewhere where they would always. Because I think they not enough here now for the kids to do. So, unfortunately, when there's not enough here to entertain them, they do go off the rails and then cause trouble. There seems to be a, a big push towards trying to get people to realise that Highbridge and Burnham, although they're next to each other, are completely different separate. places, yeah, yeah, and yeah. both are worth visiting. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I say, it's it's hard. It's a bit hard to find the the history of Highbridge. It's there in books and online if you want to look at it, but. Um, Burnham's got a bit more to view, hasn't it? Whereas Highbridge now, you sort of drive through it and it can be a bit nondescript, unfortunately, can't it? So unless you know where you're going and what you're looking for, it's very hard to come across it. Whereas Burnham, it's it's the seafront, the Esplanade, which is quite nice, but it's it's there to see. Whereas Highbridge, you have to dig a little bit deeper. You need to find some locals. <laughs> and they've always they've always got the stories. That's right. They've always got the story. So all I can do is, is wish you every success in 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 continuing into the fifth yes, generation. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully, touch wood. That's that's the next plan. I shall continue to come here and get my egg. Yes. Thank you very much. Cheers. The High Bridge Podcast available on many popular podcast directories. Distributed as the High Bridge Podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Google, Amazon Music and tunein.com. It can also be found at sedgemoremedia.com and is hosted and found at hybridgepodcast.transistor.fm. Also available on your smart speakers. Just say the wait word to the speaker and say clearly, play the Highbridge Podcast. <laughs>